Welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday morning. I'm super excited to welcome back on the program the one and the only Andrew Dambina. Andrew, how are you today? Top of the morning to you, sir. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. <laughs> this week is about art because uh, we are alternating occasionally between art or arts, different types of art, and, um, and food and drink. Today it's arts. And it's all fine arts, and there's a couple of really just superb exhibitions I want to recommend in London. And then there's something that is very contemporary, very now, in Hong Kong. So we'll start with the London ones. And these two are worth checking out both online. They don't have virtual exhibitions like we used to talk about two years ago, where people were not really able or very, very limited numbers were able to go to exhibitions. So people from far away from, uh, let's say, London, such as Hong Kong, were able to actually walk through the galleries. There were these great virtual videos. Those don't exist anymore because, of course, in London, things are pretty much as normal pre-COVID. So the, but however, you can see a lot of the artworks of this exhibition on the website. And it is one of the biggest exhibitions anywhere in the world of Paul Cezanne, the French impressionist. He's called impressionists um, by, by some people, but he had a bit of a different style to just um, doing blocks of colour and dappled sunlight. But he is considered part of the impressionist movement, which took place in France towards the end of the 19th century, so 1880s up to the early uh, 1900s, right? That's when he was doing his painting. He's long gone, for those who don't um, have never heard of the man, Paul Cezanne. And this exhibition is a biggie. Um, it's, it's, been, uh, it, it's been going on for about a month or so, and it's going to be lasting until March the 12th. So if any of our listeners are heading over uh, to the UK, this, and you like fine art, this is one not to miss. It's got the biggest collection of his works in the UK, for over 25 years. And there have been many Cezanne exhibitions over the years, but this one has got some works borrowed from private collections and public art galleries as far away from the UK as Asia, America, and, uh, of course, France, where the man came from. He came from the south of France. He came from Provençal in the south of France, the countryside area. And a lot of his paintings are mountains there was one mountain it was fascinated by which was called mont saint victoire which he painted probably hundreds of times in his life i mean mm -hmm. this is a man who dedicated yeah he, he he was fascinated by this and and he was um in his early 20s when he started painting dedicating himself to a life of oil on canvas sometimes he used watercolor and in this exhibition, there are watercolours and drawings. The watercolours of Cezanne are a little bit more rare. There aren't too many of them around, uh, nor are his pencil drawings. And in this exhibition, there are sketchbooks, which are fascinating, which have the initial, just very quick sketches and a few notes in French, of course, his native tongue, to map out what was then going to be a larger painting. This is the way artists have classically always worked, sketching first in pencil, sometimes charcoal, and then going into a painting from that. They might do a number of sketches thinking, oh, no, that's I want that tree over there or, or that person facing that way if they're doing a figurative painting. But and I bring in figurative paintings because another thing, uh, subject that Cezanne was really, really and is still today 
very, very kind of famous for is the subject called the bathers. And it's a kind of old-fashioned term, bathers, people who would go basically skinny dipping in rivers. So because it's in the south of France that he sets his backdrop for all of his paintings, really, uh, it's not coastal. Um, Pro Provence is... Uh, it does go down to uh, the coast in Marseille, that is uh, where, where, where the land meets the sea, but that's not what he was interested in. No coastal images whatsoever. All of it is the kind of internal countryside, woods, forests, mountains. That's what he does mm. when he's doing landscapes. And, and I sent um, over um, some pictures, Noreen, which are yes. from Cezanne. Yeah. I don't know, uh, do you, how would you describe his paintings? Um, it's sort of a bit strokey. I, I'm so bad with art. Yes. You, know, you know, I'm so right. so nervous about explaining it. Um, I love really... putting you on the spot with these, Nausea. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I really love the colours uh, that's used, especially the one in the of, of the fruits. That one, mm, that, yeah. is that, that one is by Suzanne, right? And then the one of the it, man, yeah. and then the one of the, mm. the the group picture as well. I like the colors yeah. um, that that's being used. But I must I must say uh, the one of the of the group. I'm not understanding. What are they doing? Are they in front of a mountain? Are they sitting in a grass? Or yeah, okay. So the the image that Noreen is discussing is called the bathers, and this is a group of female friends um who are blocking the view of what is in front of them you have to yeah you're right Noreen. you have to kind of guess there is a river in front of them he did so many paintings of this and and this is his um kind of most um large scale one it's actually borrowed from also another gallery in permanent collection in london the national gallery in trafalgar square mm. and this is quite a large scale one it's uh, several meters across you wouldn't know from a, you know, from a photo. It could be any size. It could be a miniature, couldn't it? But it's actually several meters across, and uh, and going down. So it's a long, like a landscape-shaped image. And there are, I'm not going to count them all now, but there's something like eight or nine women, um, stark naked, um, who are um, going to have a skinny dip. And we see the back <laughs> of them, so they're kind of protecting their modesty mostly. And um, it, it's 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 a subject that was one that he repeated many times, and he was known for this. Uh, he did them on small scale. He did prints of them. Some of, Sometimes his bathers were male. And what is fascinating that I only learned, and I studied art history as part of my university degree, and I knew about this man, Cezanne, and I, and I, and I always revered his paintings of bathers because they are something of that time that kind of broke the the ice not to be controversial about having people that were uh, either sometimes groups of men or sometimes groups of women who weren't wearing clothes just kind of you know chilled uh, in their clotheslessness um going for a, going for a dip this was remember in uh, the the late 1890s this painting was completed sometime they don't even know the exact date art experts sometime between uh, 1897 and, eight, and 1905 and it was not breaking taboos but it was seen as uh, even at the time as something that was very serene people getting at one with nature there wasn't a naturalist movement you know like of people um you know go like, like you have resorts or beaches today people who can go to certain places without wearing clothes it was just 
this affinity with nature. He loved nature, and so he strips down people as well. But there's another image that you mentioned before, Noreen. I sent Noreen a photo of a young man or perhaps someone who might be just about 20, but he's standing wearing either swimming trunks or underwear, you know, pants. Um, uh, and this was uh, to protect his modesty because he's facing forward. Often, to be honest, going back 500 or more years, well before Cezanne even was born, there were nudes as a classical um, image that artists like Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, uh, and many, many others, uh, not, just the, not just the Renaissance heroes in Italy, but also people who used the anatomy of the human figure um, who would pose in art classes and their own studios for paintings and certain poses to fit into a painting. Um, it's, it's a very respected form of art. It's funny, today we live in a world where there are all sorts of taboos with, with nudity. And Cezanne, Paul Cezanne, the impressionist French painter that we're talking about today at the moment, was someone who was not comfortable with having a nude model in front of him in his studio. So while I was at this exhibition, I learned something which I didn't know about the painting. The one of the boy or the, the who's around 20 or man, young man, um, was not painted from real life. It was He was painted from a photo, which was taken by a professional photography studio so that Cezanne didn't have to have a, a naked person standing in front of him. It's, I mean, in art, it's called nude. We, tra we take away any kind of sexual connotations is someone being, who is posing for for people to make an artwork it's that simple it has mm. it doesn't it's not supposed to have other connotations um and also the images of the bathers um i learned this in the exhibition that after all these years of me thinking that the, he's done tens and tens of these different versions of, of the bathers not of that, of that same group but in different poses different landscapes all sorts of things these were not painted. He didn't get people to sit in the landscape or in his studio and then transpose them onto a background of landscape. No, he made them up from other drawings or he used reference drawings of figures. He went to museums or he had his own plaster casts of sculptures of men and women nudes that he would be drawing and drawing. And in this exhibition um, in the Tate Modern, this is where it is in London at the moment, there are pencil drawings, um, originals of his, that were used as studies to then put figures into either bathers, paintings, or other compositions that he made. Uh, and so the limbs, when you look, Noreen, at that bathers one, you can see that really, sometimes, how convincing are, you know, an arm, say the far figure on the right of the image of all of these women that are sitting down, there's only one or two that are standing up. Um, they, 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 the arms might look a bit too long. It's not meant to be an exercise in drawing things in proportion. It's the feeling of a group of people. And the feeling of something is what the Impressionists did. It's an impression of something, whether it's, whether it's um, a still life, which is a bowl of fruit and so on, mm. whether it's the women sitting there. He was part of this movement that, that, where they, people had different styles, but it was called Impressionism. So one thing, whether he's painting the bathers, whether it's landscapes, whether it's his bowls of fruit, is that if you look around the canvas of any painting, and you pointed it out before, Noreen, is that you can see the brush strokes. The strokes, And you yeah. really can. And there's, yeah. And w when you see those, what do you think? 
I think he's using like something like a thick tooth, um, not toothbrush, a paintbrush. <laughs> toothbrush. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about bedtime yeah, but, already. But... <laughs> some of the uh, some of the marks are thick. The paint is put on thick. Some of them are thinner brushes. When you zoom on pictures, or when you're in a gallery and you can walk right up inches yeah. away from a painting, you can see how they're laid down. And it's what a lot he of texture. wants is you can see the texture mm, that's sort of um, done by the strokes. It's kind of cool. You can, yeah. you can. And when you when 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 you either step back a few meters if you're in a gallery, or if you zoom out. Uh, if you're looking at paintings online, you then see how it works when you look at the image as a whole. But it's always fascinating. I love walking up to a painting when it does have um, some interesting ways of putting paint on the canvas to look at uh, how thickly they're putting it on and how they overlay it over other colours. And it kind of zings. You've got the paintbrush marks going right across each canvas and it gives a vibrancy, it gives a kind of buzziness about the, his paintings, which are very much his signature style. So um, I will wrap up uh, about Cezanne. The exhibition is simply called Cezanne. Go to tate.org.uk, so tate, T-A-T-E, .org.uk, and then go to the Tate Modern. You have to click on it because there's too many slashes and blah, blah, blah. So go to that main URL or website and then find the Tate Modern because they have a few different galleries around the UK and then look up Cezanne you can see there's a video there's um, there are some some of his paintings online and uh, just ha if you don't if you're not familiar with this artist just enjoy some of the most influential works that came out of the impressionist movement uh, in the late 1800s and early 1900s they were his, his work was collected by his contemporaries uh, people that if you're into fine art you may have heard of Claude Monet Paul Gauguin and um, Noreen's favourite artist, Pablo Picasso, uh, Henry <laughs> Matisse and, uh, and Henry Moore. All of those owned Cezanne's and they were also 20th century master artists. So moving on nice. from, uh, from Cezanne. Yeah, to another one that is, uh, uh, that is just mind-blowing but much smaller scale. The Cezanne one had 80 paintings. This one has about 60 and can be seen should you be visiting the UK. Uh, the, the second one would take you, that I'm about to say, about an hour or less you could go around it. The Cezanne one, I spent two hours there. Wow. Oh, well, yeah, it was really, there was, there was just so much to see. I couldn't, so I was just mesmerized. But this one is called Making Modernism, and it is a focus on seven female artists who are late artists now because they are also from a similar time period to Cezanne, actually. This stretches from the 1880s up to the 1920s. They're all German, and they were all women who have not been enough in the spotlight, really, until this exhibition. They weren't unknown in Germany, but they were lesser known in other places. And they don't have a, um, a kind of name for a group. They were not part of a group. Many of them knew each other. But what they were doing was representing all of the kind of subjects that I mentioned with Cezanne. So that's portraiture. They would do self-portraits. Cezanne didn't do many of those, but these women um, did a lot of portraits of themselves, which is a classic way of getting to grips with the figure. And also, when artists do self-portraits, they often get 
a bit of a, a, a mood or a feeling into it. It's not just like drawing a figure to look at the anatomy um, to, so that you're getting things in proportion, but they also often, when it's about themselves, will get a bit more of a mood in there. And I've sent you, Noreen, a few images um, of some of these female artists. If The exhibition focuses, and this one is at the Royal Academy in London, it focuses mostly on... The, the four artists, uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is Kathy Collowitz. There are seven artists in their, t in their total, but there are four that, there are, that have more of their works in different media. Kathy Collowitz, a self-portrait um, that I've sent you, which is in sepia ink. It's quite a stunning painting uh, where she uses an ink pen around the, uh, to get some detail in, in her face. Can you see that one? Wow, Maria? that's with ink pen. Yeah, well, the 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 pen. Oh, so it's pen oh, on, on and, the face. And, and a brush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, because I can all of see. It is ink. Yeah, I can see that it creates that shadow on her face around her chin, mm. and and chin. Yeah, and look at. Yeah, look at her lips as well. There's a kind of it's not very fine definition on the outline. There are so many marks made by the ink pen, like a nib pen, right? That you dip into ink. That's how it's done. Um, it's. Uh, it, it, it is not kind of doing making outlines. There are so many cross hatchings. It's called where yeah. where marks will cross over each other. Yeah, and across her and hands that, as well, and and her thumb. Mm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very few actual outlines where where she's using the ink pen. Um, but then she mixes that up with a bit of what is called ink wash, which is like a watercolor effect by diluting ink with water for the background, for her clothes, for her jacket. But there is a, it's a very classic technique that was used by Rembrandt, um, the oh. Dutch painter. Yeah, he, if, you, if, you, if, if anyone is familiar with Rembrandt's pen and ink drawings or Goya from Spain, um, who came before Kollowitz by one or two hundred years, then that she's borrowing this this technique, and it's not ripping off the technique. It's just like, what do you do? It's like it's just a technique. It's ink and pen, and you you can put it down with a brush and get some detail uh, with the with the nib, and there you go. You're away. And this is this 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 starts off this exhibition, um, and it starts off the exhibition in one of the rooms or kind of. Um, sub galleries that you first walk through which is mostly about portraits they're, they're they're portraits painted as i say by seven different women who were alive in the late 1880s to the late early 1900s and they all have very different techniques and i've sent noreen i've sent you three different portraits there, there couldn't be a bigger difference <laughs> between the one we just talked about and one which is called self-portrait with lemon easy to spot because it's a woman holding, holding a lemon, lemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, um, and that is by Paula Modison Becker, and she paints in quite a, a simplistic way, you could say. I mean, I, I really love this painting. What, how would you describe this, like the way that the, the painting is compared to the very detailed image of the last one? Yeah, this one, um, you can't really see the fine strokes. Uh, you almost don't see any mm. lines, but the colours are very so distinct and very well separated. So you can see her necklace, her clothes, and she's wearing like a green olivey jacket. Her hair's tied mm. up in, in a bun, and then you can see her ears coming out um, from the bun, and she's holding the lemon. And all of these, like from her skin to her clothes to the lemon to her hand, all the colours are very um, separated. So there's no overlap. Mm. Of exactly. 
Yeah, they're very contrasted, aren't they? I mean, yeah. if you if you wanted to look at a, a painting like this or some paintings, if you really take time to look around, sometimes things can seem, if you want to term it this, but it's not very helpful to do so maybe, as unrealistic. If you look at the colour of her face, um, the, the flesh tones, and then you look at her the quite long neck, which is not flesh tone at all, it's white or cream. Um, you know, you could say, well, that's weird. How come the, you know, the tones from the skin tones and the flesh don't really blend in with the neck, which is totally white? But, you know, it's not, but, but when you look at it at first glance, you don't necessarily think about that. You just see very bold lines that, that, um, that do kind of show the shapes confidently. You know, there's, there's, it looks like it's been done in one sweep of the brush, the shape of the eyes and uh, of the eyebrows and it's um it's a, it's a, it's the type of painting which is called expressionism that's what it's in germany there was a movement yeah there was a movement called expressionism before we talked about impressionism this is expressionism which is more about the um it's also about the use of the brush and the artist expressing themselves in making an image of whatever their image is. In this case, it's a self-portrait. Sometimes it's paintings of other people. Sometimes it's a still life, a bowl of fruit or whatever. Um, so this was, this was going on around these women artists. There were names that aren't as popular as the French Impressionists that we talked about before, Monet, Gauguin, Cezanne, even people who are not sort of really well up on art may have heard of those. But when it comes to German Expressionism, few people have heard of the big names, and I won't reel through them, but most of them are male. And this exhibition um, really puts a spotlight on female. And it's not called a female Expressionism movement, but that is the time they were living in, where Expressionism uh, as a style, which is a kind of, let's say, a rougher or more sort of direct way of painting, there's not a lot of blending of colours and so on, um, are um, the way that artists went. And in another painting that I've sent Noreen an image of, which is called The Café, and it's by another artist called Marianne Werefkin, um, and that was painted right at the end of the uh, of, of this collection of artists, 1909, there are a group of people that look like, I think they're all men, with various haircuts, the um, looking very gloomy around a. Well, it's called cafe. It looks like a bar. They're all sitting around glasses of uh, wine, uh, looking a bit um, a bit peeved with the world. I would say cigarettes hanging out of their mouth. The two of them, uh, all a bit glum. Doesn't look like the most chirpy <laughs> evening no, it at doesn't. the cafe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, but it, it's almost like an illustration. There's uh, there's so there's four gents with uh, the, the clothing of the time, um, jackets and white shirts, and, um, yeah, just Wearing looking those, into their drinks. Yep, looking into their drinks, looking pretty gloomy, yeah. Pretty glum with pretty their glum. time. If I, was, right. if I was them, I wouldn't have bothered going out that evening. No point. <laughs> If you're in that kind of mood, stay at home. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. maybe uh, they are at home at somebody's house. I don't know. Now they're at a bar. Although, yeah. if that person, uh, yeah, maybe. But it's called a ca it's called the cafe. So oh, yeah. I don't know. They went they went to a cafe that serves wine. Maybe the licensing was pretty fluid in that place. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so so um, the the mother and child theme that I haven't talked about and I haven't sent you examples of this is another area that is looked into. I didn't, I mean, some of the images in the, in the mother and child section were very, very hard to look at because one of the artists that I mentioned before who did that lovely sepia self-portrait, um, Kathy Kollowitz, 
maybe it's not surprising that she has a very stoic, hardened face if you look at her in that because oh, yeah. she sadly yeah she lost um <clears throat> one of her children oh, um at yeah. a very young age and so yeah there's so some some of her drawings paintings um and images are are um are called mother with dead child so oh. sorry to bring a downer to no. um to your no, no, morning no. listeners but uh but, but so I won't dwell on that. But it's something that happened to her, yeah. and she reflected it in her art. And it so happens, those were hard to look at. Exactly, and and I think it also mm. reflects. You know, it can help people through grief. Sometimes, you know, that's maybe quite cathartic to some yeah. people who've experienced that. You know, sort of devastating. To get loss. it out there, exactly. Out of the system. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for your sharing, and I look forward to more chats with you next time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Noreen. Bye now. Bye now.